road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again Wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Like a man who gets his, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends. Insisting that the world keep turning our way. And our way. On the road again. I just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is. All right. Good song. Good morning, Shiloh. Morning, everyone out there. Notice how the picture of our uh, uh, series looks a lot like that one. That was amazing. Anyway, my name is Ed Hires. I'm one of the pastors here at Shiloh. We are continuing our Christmas series today entitled Traveling Light. So that song, Willie Nelson's song, it was released first in 1980. And uh, it went on to be number one on the Billboard charts. It won Willie a Grammy Award for the Best Country Song. And in 2011, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, all of which none of that you're overly concerned about. All right. <laughs> Last week, Pastor Greg brought us the first message of our series, and it was all about letting go of stuff. So I didn't like the message personally. I have a lot of stuff. But he asked this. I thought it was a great question. What is the stuff we have that is holding us back from the life we want? That was, good. That was a good question. I really encourage you. Great message. Be sure you listen to that if it's online, if you haven't heard it. So today I'm going to be talking about distractions. I thought it was really cool that the, uh, the Advent talked about distractions. That was not planned. Uh, so that was really, uh, I love God. Uh, anyway... Um, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it's really, really hard to focus. How many here have ever found sometimes your mind strays, it's hard to focus? How many? All right. Yeah, a lot of us. A lot of us. So here's when I really find it tough. I decide to spend time with the Lord. I want to spend time in prayer. And oh my goodness, I have to fight to keep my mind. Do you ever have that? Oh, man, so I, I, I'm thinking, like, where am I going to go eat after this, all right? You know, when is so-and-so going to call me back? I forgot they haven't called me back. Or, you know, oh, I got that meeting tomorrow. I got to prepare for it. I forgot all about that. Or, oh, I need rock salt for my driveway. It's almost winter. I don't have it. And how about this? How about this? I still need to get Barb a present for her birthday. Oh, that's getting me, that's getting me. find it hard for my mind to stay focused. And, you know, it's not just when you're spending time with the Lord, right? I find my mind can wander right in the middle of a conversation with someone. You ever had that happen? I did that. Most recently, my wife came to me and said, hey, no offense, but I don't really think you're present when I'm talking to you. I, I don't feel like you're, you're even listening to me. You're preoccupied. I said, I'm sorry, are you talking to me? <laughs> Just kidding. But you know, 
It was, it was an awakening. And I, I realized, you know, I do that. I almost was taking her conversations as a time to let my mind wander. Not good. And I made a decision right then and there to be more conscious in my, in my attention to my wife when she talks. I think she would tell you that has happened. Is it perfect? It's not perfect. But uh, I really try to settle everything down when my wife wants to talk to me. So let's talk about this word distraction. It's an interesting word. So you may not know this, but it was first coined in the uh, uh, 1590s. This is an old word, right? And here's what it meant. Here's the definition back then. It is a pulling apart or a separation. So a distraction pulls us apart or separates us from whoever and whatever we're supposed to be focusing on. Now, Merriam-Webster came along, had a couple more definitions. First one kind of similar to that, a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. This last one, though, is interesting. Extreme agitation of the mind or emotions. Now, the first two definitions, I feel, are kind of going together. But that last one, you know, that last one's kind of aggressive. So I can tell you, and I believe you'll know what I'm talking about, some of you that have experienced this. But when I get something that really, really bothers me, when I get something that really, really upsets me or worries me or, or I have, I'm afraid something's going to happen, when it's big, I almost find it impossible to focus on anything else but that. It's an all-consuming uh, kind of situation. You know, if you've ever had one of those, it's, it's just difficult. You, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're thinking about it. You know, you're trying to talk to somebody, it comes back to, into your mind. So as we start, I want to take that part, that, that extreme part, just for a moment, and, and go over a couple of scriptures that I hope could help you as they've helped me in those, in those times. And the first one, 2 Corinthians 10.5, right? Casting down, it's usually imaginations and here's arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, <clears throat> look at it this way. God never asks you or me, never tells us to do something that is outside of our capability to do, right? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. 1 Peter 5.7, Casting all your cares, I love the Amplified, all your anxieties, anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Great scripture. So I want you to note that there's a word in both of those scriptures. What is it? Casting. Okay, now I love to fish. Don't fish as much as I used to, but I love to fish. And that word casting means what? It means to throw it as hard as you can to get it as far away from you as it, you can. You see, when, when it says cast your cares on God, don't give it to him, throw them at him. Okay, you have to have passion and aggression. But if you're going to cast really far out, what do you have to let go of? No, you let go of the rod, you're in trouble. <laughs> I've done that, by the way, so I know it's not right. What do you have to let go of? The line. So you hold on to it, right? You go back, but you got to let go. You can't throw it out. If you don't let go of the line, what happens? Boom, your thing goes down right in front of you, and you have it back. you got to let it go. So we got to cast our cares on him. 
And here is a critical scripture that brings those two in. I love this scripture because it makes life in the world of Christianity, living in this world, so much easier. I use it all the time in my counseling. I promise you it's hard to get hold of. I find it hard to get hold of, but I try to remind myself. It says the thief, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is giving them a rich and satisfying life. So I want you to hear this. The enemy is the enemy. You have one enemy. I want you to repeat that after me. One, two, three. One enemy. One more time. One, two, three. One enemy. And you don't believe that a lot of times. Because let me tell you, it's not your spouse. It's not your coworker. All right? It's not a family member. It's not your financial situation. It's not your health situation. It is nothing other than we have one enemy, and every day, all day, he is trying to bring you down, destroy you. He is trying to overwhelm you, overwhelm you with circumstances and to distract you from this simple, simple statement of knowing who your enemy is. See, you're like God in a number of ways. You really are. But one way you're definitely like God is that you both have one enemy. Your enemy is God's enemy. You share that together. And the Bible says, if we resist him, but you can't resist an enemy you don't know is your enemy. You end up resisting your spouse or your coworker or your family. You, that doesn't solve anything. You have one enemy. And God, as you resist him, as you take authority, as you identify him as your enemy, as you say, get out of here, God supernaturally will bring you peace. No, make, make no mistake, this isn't an easy battle. You fight this battle. It doesn't like, okay, Satan, get away, and it's gone. No. But here's what I will tell you. If you will persist, God will perform. If you will persist, God will perform. He will bring his word to pass, guaranteed. Can't tell you the time frame, but guaranteed he'll bring it. So with that in mind, and the fact we're talking about distractions, I'm going to ultimately get to three specific things that I'm going to do to implement these, some of the rules I'm going to have into my life to hopefully help me fight the things that take me off of God's course for me. So remembering that his enemy is all, the enemy is always there trying to get me to not focus on what God has, you have to remember that every demonic force is trying to pull apart and divide our minds to discourage our souls and disengage our faith. That's what he comes for. And this is important to remember too. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. See, if he can distract you consistently, you will get off the path God has for you and the plan that God has for you. Distractions are the enemy's tool to defeat God's purpose in your life. So we're going to look at a very powerful story, one that you're familiar with, and it's in Luke 10, and it's about these two sisters. And it appears that what they're doing is they're preparing for Jesus to come to their home and have some type of dinner party, all right? So 
Starting in verse 38 of Luke 10, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. See, Martha was distracted. Very clearly, Martha was distracted by what? All the preparations that she felt needed to be made. She was distracted. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This will be a little surprising, but I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I mean, if Jesus was coming to your house or my house, come on. Would you have some anxiety? Come on. Of course you would. Now, imagine this situation. Martha's inside there. She's just taking the casserole out of the oven. She's got to get the cobbler in the oven. There's no dual, no two ovens like we have today, all right? She made sure that the water glasses were filled, that the candles were burning. She made sure there was coffee, there was enough coffee, probably decaf because it was late in the day. She just wants to be a great host. I don't blame her. She's distracted by what she sees as all the preparations that need to be made. But let me tell you how Martha sees Mary. Mary, she's just sitting there at the Lord's feet enjoying life while Martha is working her tail off. So again, just let me be frank with you. As soon as I find my message again, I will be very frank with you. If you tap your finger in the wrong place, it doesn't work. All right, here we go. Almost. Hang in with me. All right, I'm back. So, being honest with you, I thank God for people like Martha. I do. I thank God. It's because of people like Martha that we eat, right? It's for people like Martha that bills get paid, that you have Christmas presents to unwrap. You know, if the Marys were running the world, we'd starve to death. We'd be in a home freezing because nobody paid the heating bill. Therefore, no presents to unwrap. We need Martha's in our lives. But then we get to verse 41. And we see a very unusual expression, but one of love by Jesus. Watch now in this scripture how he loves Martha the very same way that he attempts to love you and I. You see, he says, Martha... Martha, you are worried. You're upset about so many things. Another version says you're worried and distracted by so many things. But he says, Martha, few things are needed. And he says that with great love. He looks at her and says, Mary has chosen what is better or what is best. And it will not be taken from her. You see, he's trying to give Martha an instruction at this moment to help her to see that, that what she's being distracted of is not the very best. He's saying in those words, Martha, Martha, you have a good heart. You have great intentions, but you're distracted from what really matters most. Mary 
has chosen what is better. What's interesting is that Martha wasn't doing something bad. That's important we realize that. She wasn't doing something bad. She was doing something good, but she wasn't doing what was best. We have to recognize that often, often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad. They're between good and best. If your enemy can't make you bad, he'll distract you from using your life from the, for the things that honor God and make an eternal difference. It's been said that good is the enemy of best. So I mentioned three things that I want to address in my life, and perhaps some of you may have some things that you're going to want to address in your life as well. So the first thing that I want to address in my life is I want to diminish distractions in my life. I know I can't eliminate them entirely. I know that. But as best I can, as best I can, I want to distance myself from things that tempt me to go off track, right? In fact, I love the Apostle Paul. He's he's talking to Timothy, and he says, I'm giving you this advice. I'm saying this is your benefit, for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever helps you serve the Lord best. See, Paul is telling Timothy that he doesn't want him to accept average or normal. He wants him to do what helps him serve the Lord best. He wants to let him have as few distractions as possible to be able to do that. So if we fast forward to today, and remember, this is important, you have to love me, no matter what. Because the Bible says if you don't love me, you are sinning. All right. Okay, that was more lighthearted than serious. The way <laughs> everybody's looking at it saying, oh my gosh, what's going on? Okay, so, so one of the most common distractions today is not a bad thing. In fact, it, it can be a good thing. And, and here's what I want you to remember. The Trinity, okay, the Trinity is not the Father, the Son, and the mobile phone. All right? Remember, as I get into this, you have to love me. Oh, sorry. I have to take this. I'm expecting a call. I'm, I'm so sorry. Hello. Uh, yeah, this is. But I'm in the middle of a, a message right now. Uh, you don't think I use the appropriate song for the message. Okay, um, well, I feel it was a song that God gave me, so I really can't... T- okay, so why don't you like the song? You hate the song. It brings up bad memories for you. I'm really sorry about that, but I'm in the middle of a message, and I'm very embarrassed right now. I have to go. I, yes, no, don't call me back. No, 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 please, don't call me back. But you can email me, all right? Yeah, so here, Pastor Greg is in charge of everything at the church, so if, if something goes wrong, you really want to talk to him. So it's greg at shilohcommunity.church. No, I can't talk more now. I have to go. Thank you. I, yeah, I love you too. Bye. Oh, man. Turn this off. I thought I turned it off. All right. So this little device, this little device, it does a lot of good. But remember this. It's only been around for about 20 years, a little less than 20 years. 
for thousands and thousands of years, mankind somehow found a way to survive without it, right? And yet many of us today get anxiety when we're separated from it. Heaven forbid we think we lose it. But then we have, right, find my iPhone. That'll do it for you. Here's a, here is a statistic. The average cell phone user looks at their cell phone every 10 minutes. Every 10, don't think you're not the one. Stay with me. See, if we wonder sometimes why we're not as productive as we'd like to be, if we wonder why our relationships are not as intimate as we'd like them to be, if you wonder why maybe you're not as close to God as you'd like to be, could it be that it's a struggle to stay focused on anything when every 10 minutes you're looking at something? So in case you wonder whether this device is as much a distraction as I'm trying to make it sound, Let me read to you an article that was in the August Notebook Check, which, by the way, is the 22nd most popular blog of all technical blogs, and there's a lot of those, all right? Here's a quote from them. A new study suggests that users spend significantly more time on their smartphones than they think. The study also claims that smartphone use is a notable cause of relationship strain in over a third of the population. A new study published by gaming company Solitaire in August of 21 states that the average iPhone users, catch this, spend 39 hours and 54 minutes on their phone every week. Almost a full work week. Now that's over seven days. So that's an average of five hours and 42 minutes a day. Now, I will tell you, in fairness, that most of the studies I read, I read several, tell you that it's about three hours and 15 minutes. So let's go with that. So I know getting a little harder to love me now, but while smartphones are definitely not bad, in fact, they serve many good purposes, some of them critical. I'm not saying that they're all bad but they are a distraction. So, for most of us here, those listening in, these are probably the number one distraction you have day to day. I believe we need to tell ourselves this, that our lives are too valuable, our calling too great, and our God too good to waste our time and lives distracted by things other than where God would take us. See, God created you, he gave you passion, he gave you gifts, he gave you callings. Martha, Martha, you're so distracted, so distracted, only a few things really matter. You know, as I prepared my message, I wanted to see how much screen time I use. I've never done this before, but guess what? You can do this on your cell phone. How many people know that? Okay, you just go to settings, screen time, and then tap all times or or whatever it is. And I was sure, by the way, that I was going to be well below the average. And I was below the average, by the way, not three hours and 15 minutes, but three hours and four minutes. Woo! I was shocked. I was shocked. 
So, you know, while I do think this concern applies to so many in this room and out there, the question is, what am I going to do about this? Because I can't get up here and preach to you about the concerns of, of tablets and cell phones and then go home and do my three hours and four minutes again. You know, that would not be right. So in other words, I'm going to have to put this cell phone away more. I'm going to have to find ways that I can be connected to people and circumstances and not be looking at this thing every 10 minutes or whatever I do. I want to treat anything that could distract me at this level like it is a temptation to sin. I like what Solomon says about the immoral woman. Actually, I don't like the the immoral woman, but I like actually what he doesn't say. Okay, I like what he doesn't say because that's the key. Here's what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, hey, invite her out to eat. Take her home and minister to her. Doesn't say any of those things. He says, stay away from her. He says, don't go near the door of her house. Don't get close to that which could destroy you. So I've decided, I've decided a couple things with this. I've decided, first of all, that I'm going to put everyone in my favorites that I'm close to and I would need to hear from, potentially in a serious situation. That'll be quite a few people. But that way, when they call me, it'll ring through. All right, so I can do that. So at night, when I say I'm putting my phone away at 7, I go on silent at 7. When I say I'm putting it away, you know what I'm doing? I'm putting it on the table a little further away, but I still check it probably 10 times over the night. Now I'm going to really put it away. I'm going to turn it off at various times. I'm going to not take it into restaurants with me. I'm going to do a number of things that I've listed, and I'm going to watch that usage time. And I want to get that down. I really want to get it down. You see, what if we all treated distractions from the things God has for us in the same way we treat temptation. See, what if, what if we started to say, I want to distance myself from anything that distracts me from what matters most? See, I'm just going to stay away from it. For some of us, it might be time just to, that you spend talking on the phone. You know, I have some people that I'm close to, oh, I mean to tell you, when you get on the phone with them, you know you've got 30 minutes coming. So, so maybe some of you, it's, it's that. For some of you, it may be distracting apps, apps that suck you right in. Remember that little bubble game or something? What was the name of that thing we used to play? Oh, my gosh, it was addicting, all right? Maybe some distracting apps. Social media. For some, it's social media. If you find yourself checking it constantly, maybe you need to get it out of your life or at least do a social media fast. For some of the younger, but it's not just younger anymore. It's also the older ones. Gaming is your issue. Gaming just takes so much of your time. Some, it's turning off notifications. The ding, ding, you know, new text message, new email. Shut it off at different times. I don't want you to get rid of your cell phones. I'm not telling you not to talk on the phone. I'm not telling you it's wrong to play games. I'm not telling you it's wrong to check your phone from time to time. But I am saying, if that phone is absorbing more time than it should, and you'll know this, if it's keeping you from focusing on the Lord, on your loved ones, on people where God sends you, 
then decide to make some changes. You don't have to throw it out. Just make some changes. So first thing I want to do, I want to diminish my distractions. I picked one key area. And the second thing I want to do is I want to ask God now to give me the power to now focus on what matters. It's great if I diminish a distraction on my cell phone, but what am I doing with that time? Solomon in Proverbs 4 said this, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You see, don't get sidetracked. Another word that you put in there, don't get distracted. The author, author of Hebrews says this, fix, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. See, Peter learned this lesson when God called him to get out of the boat. Peter was excited. He got out of the boat. He started to walk. He, what? he kept his eyes on Jesus, it said. But all of a sudden, he was distracted by what? The wind and the waves. Now, let me ask you a question. Could he have walked on water normally if there were no wind and waves? No. He didn't get to think about that, though, at the time. So it's important that we don't get distracted by the winds and the waves of this life. And heaven knows they come. They come. Now, I felt the Lord just put this on my heart. There's there's possibly some here and maybe some out there. You know, you're not only being distracted, you're sinking. You're sinking right now. You're feeling totally overwhelmed. You're feeling left behind, left out, less than. But this is really an important day for you. You see, I believe it's because you've been distracted by the wind and the waves. I'm not diminishing the issues you're going through. But the secret is not to keep focusing on the wind and the waves. It's to look straight ahead and focus on the Lord. The scripture says this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. If you're thinking today, before you leave here, would you come up for prayer? I'd like to pray for you. When God calls something like this out, He's doing it for a purpose and for a reason. I'm going to encourage you. There'll be myself or others up here to pray for you. Please, please come up. Don't leave here that way. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first. You know, I'm going to step on toes and we'll step on everyone's. The fact of the matter is, seek first. I've learned over the years, I want to encourage you, that the first thing in the day, somehow seek the Lord. Don't seek Instagram. Don't seek your, ta- your uh, text messages. Don't Don't seek the the emails. Don't even seek the news and the weather. Somehow, seek the Lord first thing. Now, maybe you're not a morning person. You have to get up at 4 o'clock and go to work. I don't know all the particulars. All I'm saying is, as best you can, when you awaken from your sleep, whenever that is, let the first thing you do is something that sets your gaze on Jesus. You see, it's starting your day by aligning your heart with his asking Jesus to give us the words that day to say to the people that he will put in our past, asking him to transform our hearts as we study his word and as we pray. See, you've probably learned this. You never wander into righteousness. You don't just stumble into giving glory to God. The Bible says, with fixed purpose, with eyes focused on the prize step by step, by not being distracted by the things of this world, 
fixing your mind on what matters most. When I sit in a restaurant, in the past, what I normally do is go in and take my cell phone out of my pocket and put it on the table. And, you know, as I look around, have you ever been in a restaurant and look around? See all the people on their phones? I mean, couples sitting there, they don't talk. They're just on their phones the whole time. Or they're not on their phones. They're doing something with their phones. And, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not what it has to be. You know, if you're on your phone, you can't look around you and see other people, and then God puts on your heart to pray for that one. You know, if you're on your phone too much, you're not going to say to the server when she comes up, hey, or he, hey, I pray before I eat. Is there anything I can pray about for you? Easy line. I will tell you, I do it a number of times. I've never yet had, had someone say, no, I don't, I don't believe in prayer or anything. No. And sometimes I had one server that knelt down by my table and just poured her heart out about her, some issues in her life. Maybe God wants to impress upon me to, to leave an outrageously big tip. I don't know what it would be. But if you're focused on your cell phone in public settings like that, you're not going to hear as clearly. Fixed eyes straight ahead. We can't be distracted and hear him clearly. Martha, Martha, you're so freaked out about so many things that really don't matter. Mary, she's figured it out. Okay, number three, I'm going to try my best to listen to the voice of God, to listen to that still small voice, the Holy Spirit. Isaiah uh, 30, 21 says this, your own eyes will hear him, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. See, when God created the world, how did he do it? It says he spoke. He is a speaking God. If you've never heard from God, you've never sensed you've heard him speak, open up his word. That's one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through people. Certainly been the case in my life. He might speak to you through a message like this. He might speak to you through a song that you sing. Or he might speak to you through your circumstances. See, if we have ears that truly want to hear, a voice behind us will say, walk in this way, walk on this path, be a blessing to this person, give something Take a moment and listen. Your life is too valuable. Your calling too great. Your God is too good to be distracted by things that won't last. We need to listen to his voice. He will redirect you and show you the way to walk. You know, recently, uh, well, it's been a while now, but maybe a, about, it, uh, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, we, were, uh, we sold our home. We were building our uh, new home, and we had this gap in between. And we were going to go live with our daughter, which was not exciting to me. I love my daughter. But have you ever, like, my home is, is where I go. It's quiet. It's private. I've had a busy day. Everything's going on. And I, I, I can go home and just kind of relax. Anybody? Okay. So now I'm going to live with my daughter in the basement, and I'm going to have to go in every night, and there they are. 
And I'm going to feel obligated at times to do this. I, I love my daughter. I just don't love, I wouldn't want to live with Greg or anyone. I love living with my wife, by the way. That's been good. You see, it took someone in the world to stop me when I told him what I was going to have to do. It was my builder. I said this, this, and I said it with kind of a, uh, and he said, oh my goodness, Ed, you must be thrilled about this opportunity. I said, well, I, I wasn't really thrilled. He said, oh my goodness, you have a chance to do something you will probably never get to do again. You have an adult daughter. You're going to be able to live in her home for six months, build a relationship that you would never be able to build. And you know, it was God's voice telling me, look straight ahead. You're being distracted. You're being selfish. And you know, I will tell you, it's one of the best six months I've ever spent. I have a relationship my daughter, with my daughter today that I did not have before I went in there. It's been a real blessing to me, but I needed to listen. I was distracted at that point by many things. Your life is too valuable. Your calling's too great. Your God's too good. This is a tough message. I understand that. And this is not meant to put guilt on anyone. It's meant to encourage you. It's meant to encourage me that there's something better. Now, there's some of you sitting out here that would say, Ed, I don't have a cell phone issue. Okay, but what's distracting you? Is it a relationship you shouldn't be in? Is it greed or always wanting more? Is it a marriage that's not where, where it should be and, and the negatives are distracting you in that marriage? What's distracting you from hearing the voice of God, from walking in his will, from not recognizing you have one enemy. So I'm going to encourage you this week. If you have issues with screen time, please just ask the Lord about that. You don't have to do what I'm going to do. You don't have to do anything. But I just ask you to pray. When God puts something on my heart, I have to believe it's because he has something to bring to this congregation. And if it's something else, would you just analyze what that is? And would you try to eliminate that distraction? Would you look at it as temptation from the enemy to draw you off of what God has for you? So let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you course correct us in our lives. It's part of what you do, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I needed some course correction in this area with, with my cell phone and my iPad and and Lord, if it's just for me, then, then great. But Lord, I, I have to believe there's others here. Lord, you're not a condemning God. You're a loving God. You didn't condemn Martha. You encouraged Martha. Father, you would encourage us today. You love us enough to say, hey, Ed, I have better things for you. I have better things. I have a better path. Don't be distracted. Don't be torn from my presence. So, Father, I pray that for every one of my brothers and sisters here. I pray that you would just guide us this week to, to take a look at this Christmas season where we celebrate your birth. Lord, you were not distracted. For 30-plus years, you walked straight ahead to that cross. You didn't look left or right. When you were encouraged to do something different, you just pressed toward your calling. Father, help us to press toward our calling. 
Lord, I just thank you for your love and your patience and your guidance and your kindness. And Father, I pray that for each and every one of us today as we go about our lives this week looking to eliminate distractions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And we love you and uh, have a great season. Thank you very much. And we'll, we'll see you next week. Oh, lunch downstairs. Make sure you get down there.